hey, you found us, and we've been gone a while, so you must have been wondering what happened. I'm Ben Glicksman, alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, a lot has happened at ASU. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Newsworthy uh, stretch, uh, you know, in a, in a time you don't always expect it to be newsworthy. There used to be a time where when you got to the end of December, coordinators and assistant coaches stayed in place through the end of recruiting, and that yeah. day is long gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's unusual. Um, we, you know, we talked about it in relation to to Phil Bennett. Um, you know, you just you expect those changes to happen pretty quickly, and obviously they're not. But we're not alone. I mean, you know, it's it's been a uh, you know, move, moving chess pieces all around the country, it seems like, with, uh, you know, some teams just simply swapping coordinators. I, I think uh, Mississippi State and Louisville, I want to say, just swapped defensive coordinators, essentially. So, been some weird happenings, um, but yeah, we've been involved in it, unfortunately, I think. So, for ASU, Chip Lindsey, one and done, um, heading to Auburn and Gus Malzahn, a place where he was a early in his career, a, a low-level assistant coach. Now yeah. he's going to take over the offense of an SEC program where they need offense. They need a quarterback. They, they need a lot. And, well, and they and they got they, they may have the quarterback. Uh, you know, Jarrett Stidham going there, who who played pretty well at Baylor in a short amount of time, and then you know left because of all the happenings at Baylor. Didn't didn't leave because he wasn't playing well. So you get the the rare you know transfer commodity who you know, played well in his previous stop. He's just uh, looking for a brighter place. And, yeah, Auburn's a team to watch, I think, really. I mean, if they get the offense going, and, and you know, I think you and I were both pretty high on Chip Lindsey, so that higher for them, you know, I think uh, they should be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I was very high on Chip Lindsey. I, I thought that considering the struggles the team had, you, you mm-hmm. know, even during that run of six straight losses to end the year, ASU's offense was solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, you read the the snarky tweets online, and I, you know, I read somebody, you know, about you know, oh, SEC school should really be worried. You know, the Auburn just hired Chip Lindsey, and ASU went five and seven. Well, yeah, if you if you want to just look at the win loss record, okay, but look a little deeper, and you know, it wasn't the offense's fault we went five and seven. Uh, the I, offense continued to produce. Even when there were plenty of excuses not to, with yeah. all the injuries that we ran into on offense, so you have a bad offensive yeah. line. You juggle, yeah, three starting quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you're playing a, a true freshman who wasn't supposed to see the field late in the year. Um, when your starter comes back, he's not a hundred percent. Your running backs are banged up. Your receivers, beyond Nikhil Harry, were all banged up. Uh, I mean, we talked about it at the end of the year. There wasn't there wasn't a position that wasn't really hit hard by injuries by the end of the, you know, by November and certainly the end of November. Uh, and yet the offense continued to produce. Uh, I mean, most of those games, we scored enough points to have a chance to win if the defense could have, you know, done their part. Yeah, and now ASU is in the boat of needing their third different offensive coordinator in three years. Yeah. And initially one of the top candidates appeared to be Sonny Dykes from Cal the former head coach of Cal but he took a job at TCU yeah you know uh, I mean it, it, we we talked about it a little in text you know I I was talking myself into it because you know he has been a very successful offensive coach everywhere he's been you know the downside of somebody like him is 
you know that you're probably only getting him for a short time, maybe as short as one year. Um, if he had come here and done well, he probably is looking for a head coaching job, and then you're in the same boat again with you know four offensive coordinators in four years. So you know you'd like to find somebody who will bring a little stability um, for a few seasons. Obviously, that being you know contingent on keeping the coaching staff in general. Um, but you know that's that's something that I think you know you'd like to have. Um, so you're not in the same position 12 months from now. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with the amount of turnover we've had on both sides of the ball, on the defensive side, you don't feel like Bennett's somebody who's probably maybe ever going to get another head coaching opportunity. Right. And offensively, if they go with uh, Henson and Likens as co-offensive yeah. coordinators, which probably is the most likely thing now, even mm-hmm. though they're both new, it's, I'd be hard-pressed to think they're going to take off right away. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this, you know, this, this, uh, you know, in, in thinking about Sonny Dykes before that kind of got debunked today, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, he's probably here for one year regardless, because if he does well, you know, he'll be able to maybe get a head coaching job somewhere or, or a more high profile offensive coordinator job. And if he doesn't do well, it's likely this whole coaching staff is probably getting shown the door. And I think, you know, you, you know that about every position on this staff. It's, uh, you know, it's a it's a prove it year. Um, another you know five six win season will be followed probably by a, a coaching surge. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hope it builds stability, um, but you know, it's all contingent on the notion that you decide to keep Todd Graham, which is uh, an if at this point. You know, Graham has made such an investment in the. Sun Devil Athletics, pro, you know, top mm-hmm. to bottom, obviously with football, but a lot of programs are, you know, benefiting from the money he's contributed yeah. and things like that. And, you know, there is something to be said for ha- having stability and trusting the process, although there is a question, in, and I think that, you know, we've both touched on it, but is Todd Graham a turnaround guy or is Todd Graham a program builder? Right, right. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I uh, – I try not to, you know, be short-sighted when it comes to stuff like this, and it's it's very easy to, and a lot of people fall into that trap of, well, you know, he hasn't been good the last two years. True. First three years were pretty good, so I'm not forgetting that. I'm not going to just toss that aside like it doesn't mean anything. Um, but, you know, it's it's been, uh, you know, 2015 is really the year I think you look at as the most disappointing last year, there were a lot of reasons for those struggles that you kind of knew coming in. And if you were coming off the 2015 season that had been expected, it would have been a little easier to swallow 2016. Um, but you weren't. And now you got back to back average seasons, um, below average by record. And, and so it's, uh, you know, it's put up or shut up. I mean, you know, it's, it's great that he's done these things and, and it's great that he's put money in, and you know, but but the thing is, with these improvements come expectations that, you know, you're going to start recruiting better and you're going to start winning at a higher level. He's got to prove he's the guy to do that. I was listening to the Sun Devil Source guys um, on their podcast, and one of the things that they pointed out is Graham's now sort of drifted into a territory he's never had before where he's been at a program long enough that he, there's familiarity with the other coaches in the conference mm-hmm. with his schemes and his styles. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're super aggressive and you're bringing a defensive scheme that is not 
something that the conference has seen before or is used to, it's kind of easy to make really quick strides and, and show big sure. improvement, but sure. he's now going to be forced to adjust in a way that yeah. we, you know, haven't seen. Yeah, and, and that's why I like the fact that, you know, he, he brings in somebody to coach the defense who he hasn't worked with before. They probably, I mean, you know, look, defense is defense, and there's only so many ways you can play it. You know, it's not like he can come up with some sort of magical formula, but, um, you know, something different. We, you know, we talked about that in relation to the Utah game this year when you heard the, you know, the post-game comments that, well, we kind of knew what to expect, and, you know, that had sort of been whispered and, and thought, but, you know, they were the first team, I think, to really come right out and say, like, we knew what we were going to get uh, from their defense, and we we got exactly that. And, and uh, you know, that, that crystallized the notion that, man, you gotta you got to do something different because, you know, teams seem to have figured this out. And, and, you know, you need look no further than the points and the yards they put up on our defense all year. Even when we were winning, we were hemorrhaging points and yards. Very true. Sun Devils uh, had some recruiting news also since we were last talking to each other. K.J. Jarrell became the fourth Saguaro High School player to commit to this year's class for the Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, again, nothing is set until signing day, and it all it all sounds good until it's not. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> but ASU now has got 16 players committed. Um we know that Blake Barnett's already signed and enrolled in classes. Doug Suttle, who was from last year's class, who didn't yeah. quite make it academically, uh, re-signed. Mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin from Texas, the you know ESPN yeah. three, 300 running back, signed. He's taking classes now. So there are some pl- pieces that are locked in that we know about, but there's still plenty of room for guys to flip and jump. Sure. I, you know. One of the big pieces of news is this new Oregon coaching staff has come in and offered pretty much everybody who's committed to ASU, except for Ryan <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they uh, at that position they took Arizona's commit. You know, they came in and and got him. Um, so yeah, I mean they're hitting the ground running, but also not off to a good start. Yeah, outside of recruiting, um, the, you know the. Health, strength, and conditioning coach yeah. uh, suspended after three players yeah. wind up in a hospital. You know the the football the game of football has changed and we've become more aware of it. It's still mm-hmm. you know a collision sport. It's still a violent sure. sport, but there are things you know you see with those commercials the NFL's been running now. The the stuff about the Dartmouth team that doesn't do live tackling. They have those right. fancy you know three sixty dummies where they can yep. move any direction. Right. You can't you can't have guys wind up in the hospital during January workouts. No, no. I mean, it, you know, it's exactly. I think you're right. It, you know, because that stuff is romanticized about the past. I mean, we we talk about you know coaches like Bear Bryant, and you hear these you know folk tales about how hard they worked their players, and you know you you ran until you threw up, and then you kept running, and that's well, I mean, different that's now. ESPN, you know, I mean, it's, when ESPN did the right. Junction Boys movie right. about Bear Bryant and these guys who are bleeding to death playing tackle yeah. football on gravel, basically. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. what a great hard-nosed coach. And now yeah. that would be a, a scary movie like Blood on the Asphalt. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's uh, it's cross sports. It's it's um, in that sense and also just in discipline sense. I mean, you know, we, we hear stories of coaches who – you know, yelled at their players and, and, you know, they're, they're romanticized now, but when it happens in the present day, 
you know, guys get put on administrative leave and they get fired and, you know, just, it's a different world. Um, but certainly, yeah, I mean, it's a bad look to start out with that. And then you've got the co-offensive coordinator who gets a DUI and he's, he's in the process of being fired. So hasn't been a great start for this Oregon staff. I mean, uh, you know, Willie Taggart came with a, a good pedigree, you know, coming from Stanford and then he did well at USF and, um, you know, felt like even though that wasn't maybe a, a home run hire in the sense of publicity, that it was a pretty solid hire. But um, before a game is played, he certainly got a lot of questions to answer. Absolutely. Another team in the conference that's had an interesting offseason has been U of A. Like you said, they, they lost their yeah. top quarterback recruit to Oregon, and then they lost their AD, the, yes. the face of the franchise, Greg Burns that's to right. Alabama. That's right, yeah. yeah, maybe the most popular man in Tucson since Luke. They loved him down there, and he's off to Tuscaloosa. And, and it's hard to blame him. It's kind of like when Gene Smith left to go to uh, Ohio State. They're, right. Sometimes they're just programs that are better suited for oh yeah oh yeah you know i mean the chance to to run the show of of alabama and when we say alabama it's alabama football um you know that's what moves the needle there basketball is is uh, a nice little diversion in in february you know after signing day and before spring practice um but you know alabama football's king and he's he's put himself in position to to be the guy who you know hires nick saban's successor and so you know, that's it's a lot of pressure, but it's a great opportunity, too. It certainly is. And I, I have to say, much like Ray Anderson, I feel like Byrne did a good job of engaging uh, the fan base down there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that I ran into him in a MGM, or I'm sorry, a, <laughs> yeah, no, an MGM bar right, after the right. Pac-12 tournament uh, a couple years ago with my brother. Right. And despite the fact that he, you know, didn't like that I went to ASU, even though he also went there. He right. was very sociable, very nice. He was engaging. He, you know, he talked to us for fifteen minutes just about the tournament and about U of yeah. A. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the the rare sort of you know um, boss figures that was pretty much unanimously liked. I mean, you, you know, you didn't you didn't hear a whole lot of oh, we don't really like that guy, you know, and and that's most of the time what athletic directors are, you know, they're they're necessary evils, but they're very rarely really popular figures. Usually the coach is the guy who, who gets that sort of, you know, love and admiration. But yeah, he was certainly very popular there. It'll be interesting at Alabama. Um, I think I read he's only the second AD ever there that did not go to Alabama. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does because that's a very, you know, territorial group of people and, He's not one of them, um, so you know he'll he'll have an uphill battle uh, trying to win their loyalty and, and love. But he did it at Arizona, so maybe he can again. And it's not like he's a stranger to the SEC. He cut no. his teeth at Mississippi State, right? And his and his dad, I think, was at Texas A and M, which obviously wasn't SEC then, but what you know is now. And I mean, you know, and he's uh, you know, I mean, he might just be one of those people who's you know, a, a good BSer, you know, in lack of a better word, um, that, you know, that's, that's a lot of times what it takes to do a job like that. You know, you have to, you have to do just what you said, where you, you know, you talk to somebody for 10 minutes and they leave the conversation thinking, man, that guy, he could, you know, he and I could be good friends and he leaves the conversation forgetting all about it. But yeah. that's what you do. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. And, and and he seems to be good at that, you know, and glad handing is a big part of being an athletic director. So um, in that sense, I think he'll be fine. 
So you don't think that he and I are going to wind up being good friends? That's I funny. don't think so, but you never know. I mean, you know, he's he's Nick Saban's quote-unquote boss. I don't think anyone's really Nick Saban's boss. And you're Nick Saban's number one fan. So, you know, maybe. Maybe there, there is something there. There is some synergy. I like right, what you're saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably see him at the next fan club meeting, I would expect. Well, I mean, that's in March, but, uh, you know... <laughs> Hopefully he'll be settled in enough that he can attend. Right, right, right. You're giving yourself some time to meet to get over the sting of the national championship game loss. I don't need to talk about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I mean, it was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game. And... <laughs> that's right, that's right. But uh, on, the, on the rest of the ASU front, as baseball is starting to get warmed up and softball tries to right the ship and return yeah. to the promise that it once yeah. had... Um, basketball pulls off a win against Washington, who not the not having the best season, but the Huskies one have always had ASU's number and two sure. have a top lottery pick in have Fultz. maybe the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and and for the end of that game, he sure looked it. You know, I think they should have probably uh, used him more aggressively the whole game because we had no answers to stop him at the end. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think um, as I watched this team the last few weeks and and. You know, they did. They lost four in a row prior to this game, but it's kind of what we discussed that, you know, you just you just wanted to feel like they were getting better, and I do. I, I think the team that we're watching now, even in the midst of, of losing, you know, four of the last five, is better than the team we watched in November um, that was really outclassed by good teams and, and, you know, in some ways outclassed by average teams. Davidson and Northern Iowa and those those are not great teams and they beat us fairly convincingly and um, this team seems like it's progressed uh, you know and uh, finish around 500 in the conference I'd be I'd be okay with that you know if you get to eight and ten um, I think that'd be that'd be a win for this year and you try to then you know ratchet up expectations for next season well I mean they take USC down to the wire and USC's having yeah. a really fine season. Yeah, and the SC game was a prime example of, of just the just the fight, you know, and, and it's what we weren't seeing early in the year in those blowouts where it just looked like this team wasn't really trying hard. And that was kind of discouraging. But, you know, the SC game, we were, we were down the majority of the second half, but we just kept plugging. We made a run to get close. They pulled away, and then we get back in it there and have, you know, two, two possessions at the end of the chance to tie the game. Um, you know, one was a, kind of a desperation heave, but, you know, had a chance with, with good defense, with working hard, with making shots. And, um, you know, again, it's it, moral victory. Does it exist? No, it doesn't. But that one kind of felt that way where you could, you could leave that game thinking, huh, we lost, but you know, there's, there's things to feel good about. And coming out of the Washington game, you know, Hurley has out of necessity, found the mix it's play, play the four guards and don't be shy about it evans holder justice and graham and then aleka can play as long as he can and then yeah. spell him with vila when you need to and get jethro and jethro gets some time yeah. yeah and he had he had a nice little stretch in the first half of that game or, you know i mean it's it's a it's a process with him there's no doubt about it you know um well, I think it's but, I think it's worth it if you get him yeah. between seven and twelve minutes a game 
That that's yeah. especially in competitive games. If it's a Absolutely. blowout one way or the yeah. other, play him all the time. But right, right. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's a very short rotation out of necessity. Um, but I think he's realized that you know the only way we can we can win is to get you know, and it's it seems obvious, but you know a lot of times you do it position wise. But you know, get your five best players out there, and and our five best players, none of them are you know taller than six seven. So it leaves us disadvantaged in, in ways that, you know, we're not going to be able to account for when we play Arizona, UCLA, you know, teams like that. And you saw that, you know, the proof's in the pudding with the way those teams beat us. But, um, you know, to, to have a chance to win, we got to play that lineup and, and, you know, really shoot the ball well. And this team's been a pretty good shooting team. And Cody Justice has developed into a really good three-point shooter. Torian Graham, is a, he's a chucker. But he makes a lot of shots. You know, I mean, he, he has some stretches where he, you know, misses seven of eight. Um, but he's going to keep shooting. And, it, you know, it, it's, his confidence never seems to be affected. So that's just how this team has to be. Well, the other thing this team has done, and not not Vila and not Jethro, but the starting five shoots free throws well. You know, yes. look at the Washington game. Aleka didn't attempt one. Justice went one for two. Holder and Graham, four of six and six of eight, respectively, and Evans was ten for ten. Yeah, you and know? that wasn't even as good as it's been. I mean, yeah, this has been a pretty good free throw shooting team, and yeah, I mean that'll keep you in games, and three point shooting will keep you in games, and it's it's been decent at both of that, both of those things. You know, again, rebounding not our strong suit, defense certainly not our strong suit, um, and that's why it's tough to beat good teams, and and we've seen that in this you know, Pac-12 slate so far. We've we've beaten the teams that, you know, are kind of in our tier, and we've lost to the teams that aren't. You know, Arizona and UCLA have outclassed us badly. Uh, we lost a close game to SC, a close game to Cal, both on the road, and a close game at home to Utah. Um, those are teams that are better than us, and, you know, we've, we've had chances to win a couple of them, um, but it just, you know, it's hard to overcome the talent disparity sometimes. But I, you know... I am certainly not pushing the panic button on Bobby Hurley. No, no, not at all. I mean, I I have been happy with what I've seen in the conference season. This this season is sort of unfolding opposite of last year, I think. Maybe not in the win-loss record, but, you know, last year we, we got off to a pretty good start, and then the conference season was really a big come down, and it just sort of like reality hit, like, boy, we got a long ways to go. This year did not get off to a good start took a couple of massive blowouts and, and lost to some teams we you know probably shouldn't have lost to but conference season has has been a little uplifting and you know with with uh, seven of the last 11 now six to ten at home chance to hopefully you know maybe pull a big upset on one of these teams that we play and like I said get if you know if you can get to around eight and ten I'd be I'd be okay with that you know it's it's not anything to hang a banner for but I think it would be a step in the right direction. Well, and this year's recruiting class is certainly shaping up to be pretty decent as well. Yeah. He signed, yeah. I mean, no one's that big yet, but he signed Kimani Lawrence, who's a 6'5 wing out of mm-hmm. Rhode Island, and Remy Martin, who's a six foot point guard from California. Right. Um, both of them are ESPN 100 players, which, yeah. you know, I, I don't know the last time ASU had two classes with a pair of ESPN yeah. 100 players, but 
But even when you count Cunliffe leaving, when Romello White comes back, right, last year we'll say. have two. This year yeah. we have two. Plus, it you know, last month he sort of quietly apparently got a verbal commitment from Kenneth Wooten, who's a six nine power forward, mm-hmm. who's uh, in one of the uh, prep schools this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and you don't lose much from this year's team, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, Graham, I believe, is a senior. But it's Graham and Obi. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, you know, you you've uh, you've got you know you've got some decent players that have developed this year, and you still got you know another month and a half to develop them more, and then you add some good pieces. And I mean, that's the thing. Like I, uh, I've always said, you know, I don't. I don't want to sound like a loser and, and say, you know, well, eight and 10 is good. And I'm always going to be happy with eight and 10. I'm not, um, you know, I'm, next year I want expectations to be higher and I want them to be able to, to live up to those, you know, but you have to be realistic about the team you got. And this year's team is just challenged in a lot of ways. And, and so you, you know, you make the best of it. And that's what they're doing. Um, you know, they're competing and and they really you know aside from Arizona and UCLA they've they've not been outclassed by anybody in the conference season so I you know that's encouraging to me um again do I want to you know hang a championship banner for finishing you know seventh or eighth in the conference no um but you know it's 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 progress from finishing 11th last year well and when you go through the roster and think about who's back next year so you've got the three guards, Holder, Evans, right. and Justice, mm-hmm. you get Jethro, you get Vila, yeah. and you lose Obi, but Romello White comes back. Yeah. Vitaly yeah. Shibble, uh comes right. back. Right. You know, two of your, your you know, four recruits this year that aren't playing this year. So, yeah, I mean, that, that helps along with, you know, those three guys that we've got in the fold for next year. You know, that should that should aid some of the depth and some of the defense and the, you know, the problems we've had, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, he's done a hell of a job keeping the devils competitive. Yeah. In, yeah. In, no, you know, I mean, and I'm... through some early turmoil with all the hype about Cunliffe, right. who's now, you know, Mr. Kansas basketball. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. You know, you, you, uh, he weathered the storm. I think of that and a, and a tough non-conference schedule that probably, in all honesty, was probably too tough. Um, for the team he had, you know, a lot of, lot of trips away, two trips far, you know, to the East coast, um, uh, you know, it was probably biting off more than you can chew. And well, I mean, just you know, think the, about the these, results spoke for it. Think about these teams who we lost to in the non-conference Kentucky. Yeah. Tournament team, possible national title contender. Yeah. Purdue, final four contender. Yeah. Purdue tournament Purdue, team, a, big a, time. A dark horse final four team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of the best in the big 10. Creighton, I mean, yeah, uh, what a, you know was a top ten team at one point. Yeah. Uh, I think they, you know, I mean they've been ranked all year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, and and plus you you know you throw in where you played those teams. I mean, you know, we we went we went to the Bahamas to play Kentucky. We went to Orlando for those three games. We went to New York to play Purdue. I mean, that, you know, that's and then a lot. We, then we played at San Diego State. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, I I love that he challenged this team, and I hope he continues to do that. But it was a lot for this year, and I think he knew that. You know, you've heard him sort of acknowledge now that it was probably more than this team could handle. But they didn't, you know, they didn't get broken by it. The record wasn't coming out of. Um, but you know, I think you've seen what they've done in in the conference has shown that 
you know, their spirits weren't broken. You know, they they uh, they took it on the chin a few times, and they're still coming. It's certainly been an interesting year. Um, signing day is Wednesday. ASU for basketball, so we'll find out what happens. I mean, for football, so we'll find out what happens there. ASU yeah. basketball, you know, is in the thick of the conference season, so there's a lot to talk about. We'll be back to talk about all that. Spring training's coming. That's right. You know, you can guess who we like for the Super Bowl, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so until the next time, when there's more news and more fun, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.